As runners, we all challenge ourselves in ways we never thought possible, pushing the boundaries of what we're capable of to smash through targets and set ourselves new bigger and better ones. This awesome hobby that we share gives us one thing in common and it brings us together as a community. Whether you're working towards completing your first park run or you're a veteran of the sport who's run 100 ultra marathons, we all know the feeling of reaching that maxed out effort and our own red line. Welcome to our podcast where your hosts Brett Ellsmore and Andy Maguire discuss the struggles, the successes and everything in between on our running journeys as we all work towards the next time we're running the red line. Right then, welcome to episode seven of Running the Red Line. I am Brett and I am here with my co-host Andy. How are you doing this week, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. Episode seven. I know this was, we've the, re- this was the tricky this the, the the stumbling block for most podcasts, wasn't it? They yeah, never get we've past reached that seven magic episodes. number. Oh, that basically, is absolutely mental. Basically, all we've got to do is make sure that we don't hate each other by the end of this episode, and uh, we've still got the equipment to do it, and we'll be all right. We sh- well, yeah. Let's let's not put all our eggs in one basket, but you never know. <laughs> but, well, this episode could last about three days, so there's still time. Do you know we were just chatting off air about about the podcast, and um, I know you shouldn't really get obsessed with numbers, but I get a bit obsessed with numbers. And these are crazy numbers. We're getting like, we've just got to say thank you so much to everyone that has listened because it it's mega, mega flattering. Like seeing yeah, these numbers really and the is. amount of people that listen. And I've I, I think before your um before your BEO TPQ, your Brett's end of the podcast quiz, you can <laughs> have a Brett's uh beginning beginning of the podcast quiz. What do you think? Can you name our top five? countries listened to or downloads top, top five countries man yeah. it's mad that we've got five <laughs> countries listening to us let alone top five well i think um, the first two of ghosts hopefully will be the most obvious yeah obviously first one's got to be uk yeah with 83 percent of our listeners yeah yeah huh. um uh, other English speaking countries, so America. Yes, that's number two with four percent. Um, now the next, the next three. One of them is not a natively English speaking country. Oh wow! Okay, but two of them are. Okay, so English speaking Australia is in third. So you've got the top three, three point eight one percent. Get in. Um, man, Come on, I you're on a roll. Know. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. Um, so. I'm going to go now. Uh, it's got to be European countries then, hasn't it? Um, um, Ireland. Is correct. 2.62%. Yes. Can you get five out of five? This has never happened in the history <laughs> of the seven, six and a bit podcasts that we've ever done. I know. Um, Can you get five? Oh. Don't, don't ruin it now. Come on. What? Who's so, in so, fifth? So this one's going to be a non-English speaking... Well, I'll give you non-native English speaking. Uh, no, don't give me, don't give me a clue. Don't give me a clue. Don't give me a clue. 
It's got to be right. a European. Right. <laughs> You've asked for it now. All right, all right. Um, sorry, sir. Sorry, 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 Miss Patterson. <laughs> um, oh man, what do I go for? Um, this is this, this episode has got three hours written all over it, hasn't it? Doesn't it? Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try and make we'll try and keep it sub two. Man, do I'm I'm just thinking like a country that's popular with running um, at the moment because of the big star. So do I go for somewhere like Norway? We have had zero listens from Norway, so that is incorrect. Uh, oh. It's probably because we keep slagging off Inga Brixen. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's, it's so salty, not even Inga Brixen's listening to us. No, no. So no salty. It's because um, we got Josh Kerr on this week. That's probably why. <laughs> With a blindfold on. Yeah. <laughs> In a completely different face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, this country makes up 1.12% of our lessons. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know then. Um, Five and six are really close. And then after that, it's all like single figure lessons. Okay. Is it a European country? Am I right with that? That is correct. Cool. Okay. Um, so, uh, Germany? No. No. España. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and our uh, our bottom five are Colombia with one. These are all people that have accidentally clicked on it, aren't they? <laughs> Denmark, Mauritius. Someone's on holiday, aren't they? Someone's taken the. <laughs> someone's just like gone. Oh, what's? I need to listen to something while they're on the beach. Poland, and this is my favourite, Uzbekistan. Ah, oh, yes, Uzbekistan, amazing. So uh, yeah, so I, thank I you very much. I reckon Spain is all the expats that are sunning themselves. Oh, it's got to be, isn't it? Yeah. Or uh, everyone before Seville Marathon, maybe. Yeah. Ah, oh, possibly. Last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, man, that's amazing. The fact that, yeah, the fact that people are listening from other countries is incredible. So thank yeah. you very much to every single person who has listened, even if you've listened for a minute and gone, no, nah, that's not for me. Um, Welcome one and all. Yeah, exactly. Right, so... Did you see, what... I was, I was going to ask you if you saw much of the... Seville Marathon highlights, or did you see anybody? Did you uh, know anybody that ran last week? No, uh, the only uh, people I know that ran Seville, well, I don't know them, but who I, I know the names of that ran were Phil Sessman, who he had a good run, didn't he? Had a great run and hit the um, Olympic qualifying time. So does that awesome. mean he's in? He's, he's literally qualified now. No, it means he's got the qualifying time, which means the UK now has two men that have hit the qualifying time. So we've got Emil Caress, yeah. who hit it in London, and um, uh, Phil Sessman, who hit it in Seville. So we've got two yeah. men who have hit the qualifying time, but the UK can choose whoever they want for those two places. 
So even though oh. they've got the times, they might not get chosen. It'd so be it could be the, the it could be like the director of sports nephew. <laughs> no, not quite that bad. They've got to be within a certain um, number within the world rankings, I think. But right, um, yeah, yeah. Even though they've got the time, they might not get picked. But that would be ridiculous if they didn't pick them. He had uh, he ran his socks off. Didn't he do sub two oh nine? Was he two oh eight something? Yeah, yeah. So the I think am I right in saying it was two oh eight thirty the qualifying time, and he run yeah, he run right. like uh, two oh eight was he two oh eight ten or something like that? So yeah, yeah, yeah like had that. a real good run. But um, apparently Mark Scott is running London as well as his debut, so he's going for the. Olympic qualifying time as well. Is this Mark Scott who keeps cleaning up on 5Ks and 10Ks? Yeah, yeah. So he's so rapido, he, isn't he's, he? Yeah. yeah, he's always been a 5, 10K guy, but um, he's recently stepped up to um, halves and he's going for the marathon. Um, Interesting. Yeah, a bit like Butchart did, because Andy Butchart did that, didn't he? But didn't quite. it didn't quite go to plan over in America when he ran. So do you um, know when the deadline for these uh, Olympic trials is? Like, uh, is London this year too late? Anyone no, no, I mean? no. It, it, I think London's still within the time frame. So if yeah. people run the time at London, that gives us another space as well. But oh, Interesting. Because yeah. I know um, um, Stephen Scullion from Ireland is hopeful yes, to qualify, and I, yeah. I love his YouTube channel. Yeah, his, his channel's great. Um, he's got some it, uh, what I like about him is he's got some really good tips but he also is so genuine and just puts it all out there it doesn't hold back doesn't yeah. try and put on a smiley face about everything he shows yeah. you the bad bits and the good bits um, rather than showing you just the polished look I'm a professional runner um, yeah. he puts it all out there and uh, shows you exactly what the ups and downs of being a full time runner is yeah and considering he's obviously not got a production crew running around after him, he's I think he makes some pretty good videos, to be honest, but he has the drone following yeah. him a lot, doesn't he? And yeah. I really like his channel. So if no one's heard if you no one's heard of him, if you haven't heard of Stephen Scully, and he's a really, a really useful person to follow on social media. So yeah, go and check him out on YouTube, uh, Instagram, and yeah, the guy yeah. just does he, he's he's given me some great tips. I mean the the my favourite thing that I've taken from him is steady running, which is something mm. I wanted to talk about pretty much yeah. in depth today because that's he's a huge champion of, of steady state stuff, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I suppose that then um, goes into that whole conversation we had about the 80-20 of uh, running easy and running hard yeah. for 20%. Yeah. Um, the steady running that's what sort of throws the 80-20 out the window because when you're trying to run in that steady state, it's not easy and it's not hard. So you're having yeah. more than two zones, which I think you need, to be honest. Yeah. Well, before we come back to that, I've just got a few things on my little list. Here's, here's what you can look forward to on the itinerary. These are just my notes, so I don't know what Brett's written down. But some of the things I think we should cover today are <laughs> Henry VIII, uh, I'll, 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 um, I will elaborate later on. Um, the Bort, the Borton 10K, uh, Cross Country League and Cross Country Nationals. Um, Coros watches, 
changing your schedule, your your uh, marathon training plan, steady uh, steady state running. God, I've written a lot. Sorry, this is definitely good. This might be a sub three uh, podcast. <laughs> treat, um, I put treat days slash takeaways and intervals and the end of the podcast quiz. So that's what I've got written down. It's just Man. some of the topics to look forward to on this episode. So five minutes on each, yeah? For... <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, that's what we always say, but you know it's going to be. I've got a good 45 minutes on Henry VIII, mate. <laughs> and each one of his wives. <laughs> 45 minutes per wife. In fact, I've got 50 minutes on Amberlynn. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. What about you? What sort of things have you have you got any notes written down that you want to? Um, not really. I uh, I sort of went with what you've written down. I, I did throw a couple of things to you before the uh, start of the podcast, and you've said them. So uh, no, yeah. no medieval monarchs in your no, uh... no, no. Unfortunately, but um, I might go even further back and go to like Lancelot and all that Ooh, lot next time right. in the next okay. next podcast. I don't know. Don't know what I'm going to talk about but there we go vikings um, well the reason i've mentioned henry the eighth is because next um it's, it's a weird segue but my sister lives in france and she's coming over to visit she's she's literally uh, on the ferry as we speak and you know where this is going yes. because we she's a huge musicals fan and so are her kids and there is a musical and i'm very similarly inclined as well i, I i'm quite a fan of, i'm quite a bit and i think you are as well you're a big fan of her uh, uh, yeah, a musical. I love the musicals. Yeah, um, <laughs> but for a bit, I just did jazz hands for anybody who's listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I am a massive musicals fan. Um, I have been for a long, long time, and love a good, good musical sing song, and yeah. actually enjoy being on the stage, being in them as well. So um, yeah, good fun. Have you been um, actually? Have you been in musicals then? Have you done any? Oh yeah, loads. Like yeah. pro or amateur stuff or? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've I've been in quite quite a few musicals in in my uh, in my past. Um, what's your yeah. what what what's one of your favourites then? To what uh... that I've been in or my yeah, favourite yeah, yeah. musicals? Full stop. Let's do them both. Okay, answer so... both of those questions. So favourite musical I've been in um, is Rent. Yeah. Um, One song, and... glory. Great tune. <laughs> mega songs. And, do you know, in at our wedding, um, uh, Laura and I and my sister Louise, who's coming over to visit, we sang... Um, oh, Seasons of Love. Seasons of Love. We we literally sang it. My sister, sang, my sister started singing it because Louise... She's a ridiculously good singer, like like Beverly yes, Knight yeah. level. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, for the second for the second verse, Laura and I just got up there and we started giving it some. And like, yeah. was like <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know you guys are going to sing. I, well, I don't know if they were like that at all. But anyway, sorry, but yeah, Seasons of Love is just a mega tune. So yeah, yeah. Rent is one of your faves to have been. Yeah, in. and and it's, so that's my favourite I've been in, and actually one of my favourites full stop as a musical so being in that was uh was a great thing uh also in the top tier of musicals there is a musical called once uh yep. which is based on a film uh which won an oscar for uh best song um uh for a song called falling slowly 
Um, and the musical version of that is incredible. Uh, went to see it a couple of times in the West End. And what was really good about it is all of the um, actors and singers play all the uh, instruments as well. So there's no band. Right. It's all so played on stage live. Talented, yeah. Um, and then uh, up there as well is possibly Tick, Tick, Boom, which is another Jonathan Larson musical. So the same guy who wrote Rent. Um, and the film version of that with Andrew Garfield's great. Ah, right. And some some homework for me to do. I know you've mentioned once quite a lot to me, but I've never actually gone and, and checked it out. But the reason I was going to mention Henry VIII is because we're going to see a new, a relatively new contemporary musical called Six the Musical, which is on at the Wolverhampton Grand next week. And my family, our little crew, our little squad are all going to watch it. And I didn't have a clue what it was about. I'd booked uh -huh. the tickets and thought, I'm going next week and I literally don't have a clue what it's about. So it's the plot is there are six women who are the six wives of Henry VIII and they're all telling their story. But the songs are very contemporary, quite poppy. Yep. And and you told me that the score was strange. And yep. I you listen agree. to it now? Oh, it's, I've had it on repeat in the car it, lately. And it's so amazing, I, isn't it? I, I really think it's a, a really, really fun and sometimes very poignant, like musical, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So this week, I am one of those people that I get a little bit obsessed over things, and we've started watching <laughs> because we've been doing so much research. We started watching the Tudors, which I never watched first time around. Uh huh. So that that aired, I think, in about two thousand and seven or six or something like that, and I am now fascinated with Henry VIII and I've done loads <laughs> of research and I, uh, yeah, I'm just absolutely fascinated by the geezer as well. And yeah. what's even more kind of serendipitous is that before we even booked these tickets, Laura had booked a 10 K in May at Hampton court. So, which is obviously his Royal palace where he lived. So we are, she's going to be running around there. I'm going there as a, uh, I'm supporting that day. So yeah, that's going to be, uh, that's so going to be fun. while she's running around, you're going to be in the palace having a look around, having a look at Henry VIII stuff and then Basically, checking the watch to run back at the finish to see a good Well, there's a guy who plays Henry. He's got like the full Henry VIII regalia stuff. And I, we were talking about stage shows. I was in a stage show, I don't know, 20 years ago, just after I, I graduated, so I was about 21, and I met this guy who told me that he's, his full-time job is working as Henry VIII down at Hampton Court Palace. So I might go and say, all right, Rick, I know you can't say hello to me because <laughs> you're in character, but do you remember me from Charlotte Badger when we did that show in Bromsgrove in 2006? It's me. I haven't got any air anymore, but it is me. See you later, mate. So, yeah, I'll probably go and see, uh, I'll probably see Rick that day. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's how I wanted to segue Henry yeah, VIII because yeah. next Wednesday we're going to watch uh, Six the Musical, so it should yeah. be good. First time I heard Six, I thought, what the hell is this? And then I listened to it a few more times, and now I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely fantastic. But it's, it started out at Edinburgh Fringe, so it was written as a Fringe show um, yeah. and then just caught on and got bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's got a bit of a cult status. Um, have you... And have you performed at the fringe uh, i have yeah yeah i've done i've done the fringe ooh, five times yeah yeah nice i've done yeah, I've, really I've done a i've been up there a couple of times and it's 
It's crazy, isn't it? It's difficult to, oh, it's to kind amazing. of... It, it's it, A lot of people will be like, oh, that sounds, that sounds like just like rubbish. But like some of the best comedians who's oh, anyone yeah. who's anyone is up there. Yeah. Some of the I, shows you go and see. But the best thing about, and I'm sure you'll probably agree, the best stuff or the stuff that you come away remembering is the worst stuff. <laughs> because yeah. there is so much stuff where you it's go terrible. and watch something, you think, oh, God, I've just paid six quid to watch this show. And you're like literally the only people in there. You're in like a village hall and they've got like, you know, you're watching them do the quick turnaround and you're watching them do the sound and the lights because you've got to do everything yourself. And yeah. you've got the space for literally an hour. And some of the things you watch stay with you forever, don't, don't they? Because yeah. the fringe is just so wacky. It, so it's so crazy. It's, it's bizarre. It's 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 brilliant. It's absolutely hectic and frantic. Um, and you'll you'll come away from the week of the fringe more exhausted than you were when you went up there because it's yeah. just so full on. But it's one of the best experiences ever. Um, I tell you when I I tell you when I was up there with your marathon debut, I was there during London 2012 because I remember watching the athletics whilst you know oh, watching I... the recaps in the morning and uh yeah then we're gonna have to, we'd have to go onto the mile to start flying and i'll be like oh i just want to get back to to watch like the track in the field that is crazy because i was up there watching mo farah win the golds on my laptop whilst i was at the fringe be uh, performing no way so we stayed in we stayed in somewhere called leith which is quite a yeah yeah part of edinburgh so we stayed in leith and um, yeah, we had like a friend of a friend's apartment or something. I don't know how we managed to yeah. wing that, but uh, we we yeah. stayed in some university halls in Edinburgh. Did you? Yeah. yeah, and um, yeah. Oh, oh man, so we were both up there the same same year. Well, our show, I, 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 our show was at um, seven o'clock every night. And during the during um, the fringe, there's the tattoo, isn't there? The air yes. military tattoo. And we'd get <laughs> fireworks and the cannons and the uh, RAF going over every day at like I don't know, twenty three minutes past seven or whatever it was. So we'd like we'd we'd actually be able to like because our our show that we were doing would allow us to improvise a bit, and we'd always be like we'd always try and work it into our show somehow. Brilliant. So we did the complete work of Shakespeare abridged. We did, which was uh, what? all Shakespeare's works in with three people doing it within an hour. Oh man, so that was, yeah, that, that's that's amazing. Um, what venue were you at? All I remember it was called the Space. The Space. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember this. Yeah, the Space. Yeah, it was something like called something like Venue Forty Five. It was a church. Yeah, I, I, converted into a theatre. Our venue was a church as well that was uh, converted. Really it's called Green, Greenside. You what? Sorry, it was really close to Waverley, the uh, the train station. Oh, okay, yeah. As weren't yeah. too far away from there. It's called Greenside, um, right? But yeah, amazing as if. But yeah, I, I remember watching Mo Farah and just screaming at my laptop, watching yeah. him run round um, and get those gold medals. Because um, the, the, the fringe lasts like the entire length, uh, month of August, doesn't it? Very similar yeah. to the Olympics. So yeah. yeah, I think I was up there for the uh, you know the majority of the uh, of that time. But uh, imagine if you're from Uzbekistan listening yeah. to this. <laughs> like I've tried to listen to these two dudes talk about running. 
<laughs> Where's Edinburgh talking about Waverley? musicals? Yeah. In the Edinburgh Fringe. And what what, what is this tick tick boom? Is that is that is that a new fueling strategy? <laughs> right. Should we move on? Uh, yeah. Um, talking of um, Edinburgh, have you, ever, ever, <laughs> have you ever fancied the Edinburgh uh, Marathon? Yes, I actually tried to get into it last year. Uh, because I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I wasn't happy with my Manchester time and I felt marathon fit. And I thought, ah, oh, I wonder if I could get in, do another one because Mar uh, uh, Edinburgh falls quite late, doesn't it? In May. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, it was about six weeks after Manchester and I tried to get in, but I couldn't because entries were closed. Yeah. Uh, but, um, no, I've always really wanted it because I've, I've yeah. seen the elevation profile yeah, it's, and it's, it's quite good looking, isn't it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all, the first two mile is all downhill and then it's flat. Yeah. So. But I think we, we've, we've had this conversation many times, haven't we? The thing that seems to put us off is that you run past the uh, finish line almost halfway through your race, don't you? And then you've yeah. just got to do a massive out and back along the beach, haven't you? Yeah. And then you and finish. You and you don't finish back in Edinburgh. So no, get so a it bus. is a point to point. Yeah, so you've got to yeah. get a bus back to Edinburgh, which seems... Yeah crazy because you, you finish in like the seaside town of Musselburgh I think yeah which is uh you know then one of the next towns along which is about I don't know five or ten mile outside of Edinburgh isn't it and um but the crowds I've seen a few videos on it and it looks like a a really good race it's just a a late May marathon you know what your chat you know what your look is like you're going to get there and it's going to be like 26 degrees although I've, how many times have you been to the fringe and it's been sunny for a whole yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, not very often. It absolutely so, uh, chucks it down constantly up in Scotland, up in Edinburgh. Do, do, so, do, do you know Edinburgh is like uh, built on volcanic land? So, built. Our, not Edinburgh's built. Yeah, built. yeah. Well, it, they, the, the settlement of Edinburgh is uh, settled. Okay. All right. They built some volcanoes <laughs> just to just to get some tourism. So Arthur's Seat, which is the big prominent peak you can climb in, the, in Edinburgh, that's that's an extinct volcano. And I think the hills in Edinburgh, that would actually be a really good place to train, actually, because I think Edinburgh has famously got like, I don't know what the amount of hills, like seven hills or something mm. like that. But I think they're pretty, uh, it's not a flat city, is it, Edinburgh? Yeah. So well, that, that's why I couldn't believe that the marathon had the elevation that it does. Because you think of Edinburgh and you think of all the hills and everything, and then the Edinburgh yeah. Marathon is net downhill, which is yeah. mental. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but uh, no, I would love to do it one day because I, I I really like the idea of ticking off these, yeah. you know, these big British marathons. So Edinburgh will be up there for me. London is one I've never done. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the other big ones I haven't done. Uh, um, one. Have you heard of the Snowdonia Marathon? Uh, heard of it don't really so, know much about it it's a road marathon predominantly but there is i think a couple of trailer sections the, the your basic i've seen people's elevations like out on their stravas after and the you're basically climbing like three mountains like basically the, there's like three 1500 feet climbs or something like that <laughs> it looks it looks disgusting but when you see that, you think, oh, I wouldn't mind having a go at that. That looks really good. <laughs> so apparently it's one of the most scenic, scenic ones in uh, in the UK. And the other one that I really would like to do, well, there's Abingdon as well, which I'm considering 
maybe as a warm-up to Valencia, maybe because it's in October, would be Beachy Head. Have you heard of that oh, one? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's so down, down in Eastbourne. Down, yeah, down by Brighton. Yeah, so you know like the Seven Sisters and the... Um, yeah, yeah. Is it Berlin Gap? Is it? I can't think what the the place is, but the terrain is. Um, it looks very difficult, and I know a few people that did it last year, and they got the worst possible weather. You know, they got that like fifty mile an hour storm weather, and it's a hard marathon to do in good good conditions, yeah. but in bad conditions, it was like people were doing it in seven hours, and that was like. I'm actually quite pleased with that <laughs> because because the amount of like mud, hills, the wind, the headwinds. So so yeah, Beachy Head would be f a fun one to do one day, maybe. Yeah. Nice. Um, talking of mud, I am absolutely gutted tonight yeah. because uh, today the news came out that. The English Nationals cross country has been postponed. Oh, that's which sad. I am absolutely gutted about. And can you believe it's to do with weather, but obviously not to do with running in the weather because mud is part of cross country and that would would make it amazingly fun. That's part yeah. of the fun of running at cross country is the huge amounts of mud and uh making it difficult but no the reason it has been postponed they've said postponed as well not cancelled so they are trying to do it at another time but i don't know what they're going to do uh the reason they've uh, postponed it is the parking areas they had were all on grass and they're all underwater so they're all flooded all the parking areas so there's nowhere for people to park which and i imagine really I imagine it would attract a lot of people as well. There's got to be yes. thousands of people going. So, yes, but yeah. logistically, surely they should have found places local and put on shuttle buses. Yeah, maybe to get people to and from there because that's what happened at, at Mansfield when we did the uh, nationals cross country relays. Um, they had we parked a few miles away and they had shuttle buses. Uh, Taken us to and from the uh, the course for for, for what level of race was that nationals? That was the nationals relays cross country. So that would have been a lot of people there. Yes. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it would be a big operation last minute to arrange something like that. But why don't they just do that anyway? Like, why don't they? I, I don't know. I don't, get you to park on know. an old airfield or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And, but but and, I suppose. Um, the, th the thing is, though, it's at Western Park where they have the V Festival and everything. So how have they not organised how to sort parking for thousands of cars? Because they have a music festival there where I'm sure thousands and thousands of cars are parked. So yeah. what do they do when there's bad weather for that? Well, didn't didn't they say that the the a lot of rain fell on already saturated ground or something yeah, like that. Yes. Yeah. They said Thursday it was torrential rain. It was already saturated ground. And now all of the parking areas are like waterlogged and underwater. Yeah. So I, I can understand. It's understandable that they've got to cancel it. But there was, I, I did see there were lots of angry people because they'd booked hotels 
um, of course. to stay in. Uh, lots of clubs who are from all over England had booked uh, buses and coaches to take yep. them uh, to the Nationals and they decided to cancel it, well, postpone it today or the day before. So people can't cancel hotels and get money back from that. People can't so cancel the coaches. Less than 24 hours notice. I know. That's, uh, yeah, that's disappointing. I can I can un totally understand why anybody would feel disgruntled about that, no matter, well, especially if you're coming from far away. That, 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 uh, for a, an event of that size, surely they should have been making this decision Monday, Tuesday. They knew it was going to happen. Exactly, yeah. And you, but, maybe they should or, have just... Or putting into place other things and maybe finding some local venues that they could ask to use for parking. Yeah, because people would have been patient, wouldn't they, with a plan B? Like people yeah. would have been, you know, like we understand that we've had to move, you know, 6,000 car, car parking spaces, so it's not going to run like clockwork. But I think the runners and the spectators and the volunteers and all that would have understood Right. This is instead of a ten o'clock a.m. kickoff. It's going to be, you know, two o'clock or something. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what time is the start time supposed to be anyway? Well, well uh, there was races all throughout the day, so it started quite early. I think the first race was about ten o'clock, and then yeah. the men's, which I would have been running in the senior men's race, was half two in the afternoon. Is that the last one uh, to go out? Yeah, and I think there was about eight races. So, yeah. yeah, it's but never mind, never well, mind. That's disappointing. So it's not been cancelled; it's just postponed. No, postponed. But they might put it on in a few weeks' time when I'm in proper marathon peaking mode, and I won't really want to go and run cross country with the possibility oh. of twisting an ankle and uh, not being able to do Manchester. So I can imagine that's the allure of cross country season for so many as well, because at this stage in your marathon training, it's not the end of the world if you were to have, you know, a problem, you mm -hmm. know, like a, a serious injury or something, but well, not a serious injury, but a, yeah. pick up a niggle. But you don't want to pick up a niggle like four weeks before a marathon or two weeks no. before. And exactly. now you're six, eight weeks before, aren't you? So, yeah. Yeah. But, Disappointing. Yeah. Talk, talking of niggles, my uh, man, my um, hip this week on Tuesday, I had an absolute nightmare of a session set yeah. off um, on the like ran down to um, session and did the warm up perfectly fine. Nothing wrong. Set off on the first rep. Um, we were doing two. Uh, it was a 1K loop and we were doing double loops and about halfway round the first rep. So just over a K in, it was like someone shot me in the hip with a shotgun, oh. just pain from from nowhere and then it just radiated into my back and in all through my glute all around my hip and everything um and i just got slower and slower and slower and i, I was a bit I was a bit down on tuesday evening after the session because yeah it i was just in pain and really annoyed that it had affected my run so much um but it's it's better now. A bit of S and C strengthening and stuff, loosened it up. Bit a bit of cross trainer, 
that loosened it up a bit, but it's still not right. There's definitely something shifted slightly and yeah, yeah is trapping a nerve somewhere because yeah, it's it's sending some nice uh remember me constantly. Um yeah. But never mind, it's it's one of those. Um but there we go. Um at, uh other thing before we move on to your week, because I do want to talk about your week, because you've done some good sessions this week, haven't you? Um, but yeah, I've had a couple did, of, yeah. did want to go quickly, just say about um, Birmingham League cross country, which I completely, yes. I completely forgot to talk about it last week. How I forgot to talk about it, because that's all I was talking about to people all of last week. I think I'd... I think I've told so many people and annoyed so many people with just talking about it constantly that, um, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've got, just got all of it out of my system. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but the, the, on episode five, we left, we left everybody with a cliffhanger yes. from, from America to England to Uzbekistan <laughs> with Brett's uh, team doing their last fixture of the season mm-hmm. and the cliffhanger was that you were top of the league but you had some teams basically if you finished in a certain position you'd get promotion is that right yes so top three teams in because we were in division two so top three teams went got promoted to uh division one and uh we ended up the season with um our a team coming top so we won the division, which is incredible. Um, I think we actually had a lead at the end of the season of over 400 points, which is crazy over four races. Um, wow. So the ne- next closest team were over 400 points away. Um, our B team, which I scored in for a couple of races, um, our B team came top of all the B teams. So we won the B teams as well. And then... The Masters A team, which is all of our runners over 40. So all over 40 is going to the Masters um, uh, table as well. And we won the Masters um, A team. uh, And I managed to score in the Masters A team for a few of the races. And our Masters B team won the B team Masters. So we got a clean sweep of all of them, which is incredible. So Bromsgrove and Redditch Athletic Club had an absolutely incredible cross-country season this year. So, yeah, we we did really well. I'm proper proud of every single one of us. We all ran really well. And although only the, t- only the top six that cross the line are the scorers for the A-team, but yeah. by other members of the club running well, it meant that, uh, members of other clubs dropped down the rankings, so their points position got worse. So that then meant that their score was higher, which meant that we had a better, and that's how we got the distance between, uh, like the second place team is by other runners as well as our top six, other runners running well and knocking their top six down in the uh, in the standings. Amazing! So Premier League next year then. 
Yeah, so Division One next year, where we'll be bottom of, bottom of it, and I'll be right at the back, thinking, <laughs> "How the hell are they running this beat?" So, a, a silly question, but have you have you been in that Division One Premier League? You know, have you been in that before? Is there well, a um, different caliber of runner in that league? Oh yes, yeah. Or is the, it margin, the, or is it really fine differences? No. So the first oh. race, the first race of this year of this um, season. Uh, it was the Division One and Division Two ran in the same race, yeah. And so there was like twice the amount of people that there is normally. And man, some of the guys uh, you can tell the, who was who. Yeah, I think uh, I actually think uh, I think it was Will Barnacote who won the first race, um, who won uh, European uh, under twenties. Wow. Was it under 20s or was it under 23s? Um, but yeah, he won the Europeans uh, and he was racing at the uh, first first division uh, race. So, so it's like a, almost, so it's basically like a celebrity turning up to, park, yeah, to basically. Uh, cross country. Yeah, basically. Wow. And what a fantastic name as well. Will Barnacote. <laughs> That's a fantastic name. That's a great so yeah, you can feel the difference, can you? Then you know yes. you stepped up a level. Yeah, definitely, hundred um, percent. But yeah, does that make you raise your game, though? I imagine. I, 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 imagine. I guess. I guess so. But um, yeah, we 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 won't be uh, we won't be winning uh, races, and I won't be as far up the uh, the standings as I was this year. Um, I think I came. I think I came sixty sixty sixth overall across the yeah. series. So I was quite pleased with that. And I think I was, uh, I think I was in the top 15 in the Masters. So oh, I was nice. quite pleased with that this year. Um, but next year, I won't be anywhere close to that. So yeah, it's uh, next level. Right. Because the, the standard, but me, you know, maybe this time next year, you, you'll be pain free and you'll be running. <laughs> you never know. Like, and you, like, you know, like a, a young Will Barnacote. <laughs> <laughs> Next year you'll be flying. You never know. So, and that reminds me. I mean, like, what? Because you're not running tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I know you might smack me in the mouth for saying this, but is that a blessing in disguise? Because you're technically going through so much pain. But I know what you're going to say because when you run all out, the pain miraculously goes, doesn't it? But yeah. is that what you were relying on tomorrow? slightly but yes in the back of my mind i have got actually it's possibly a good thing because i'm not in full form at the moment and i would have been able yeah. to do do myself justice of what i actually want to do because last year yeah. when i went i still wasn't 100 percent, but i managed to push hard last year and got what i thought was a really good result for myself um yeah so I was really happy with last year, but I don't think I would have got the same result this year. So yeah, it's probably yeah, a you're blessing gonna, in disguise. I bet you'll probably drop a seventeen ten park run tomorrow and then put yourself <laughs> out for six months <laughs> just to bite your what is it? Bite your nose to spite your face. I can't do yeah. cross country, so I'm going to get a PB. Yeah, no, so, I, I, I'm not going to go PB tomorrow, but I probably will give park run a good go and see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. see. Do you know what the official distance would have been for nationals? Was it about it's, uh, 10k? No, it's 12k. So it's seven and 12. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. speaking of races, I last week was 
invited, not invited. It sounds like I'm blooming Will Barnico. I've never said that guy's name so much in my life. Never heard of him back <laughs> until about 12 minutes ago. I've said his name three times. I got a place on the on the start line for the Borton 10K because I've been on oh, the. Did you actually go for it? You decided yeah, so to I decided. Excellent. Yes, why not? I'm going to do it. So, from what I understand, the Borton 10K is a bit like the Telford 10K. It's sort of billed as one of these fast, uh, fast 10Ks that's at like a quite a cool time of year. So this is obviously February, Telford's in December, I think. And I think it's designed to attract fast runners locally. And some will come from, from far, I think, to, to really try and have a good go at it. But yeah, I decided uh, because the, 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 the kicker was that I got my email through and it said, you got 24 hours to decide. So when we were speaking seven days ago, I'd had the email, I don't know, six o'clock at night. And I was thinking, I slept on it and I woke up in the morning and then thought, yes, I'm going to do it. Because I know if I don't do it, I'm going to be mega annoyed at myself. And it's only about 22 quid or something like that. I can't remember what it was. And I'm actually really looking forward to it. The weather forecast for Sunday is dreadful. But that's not going to stop me. I'm, I, I don't know what how to approach it. I'm certainly not worried about it. I'm not feeling any sort of stress or pressure about it because I haven't even had time to worry about it. There's certainly been no taper for it. So I don't know. I think I'm just going to go for it. In all honesty, I don't see any reason why not to chase a beatable 10K PB. I don't see any reason why not. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So yeah. all, I've um, got to, all I've got to do. So tomorrow for parkrun, are you going to just take it nice and easy, just stretch the yeah. legs ready for Sunday? Yeah. So I've, because I'm, uh, should have done, because I should have done a 30K run on my plan Sunday, I've now decided to do 2.15. So I'm doing a, I'll do a 10K after parkrun when I get home tomorrow. And then, um, uh, no, what am I going to do? I'm going to make it the distance somehow and maybe do a run somewhere about 8K, 5 mile, something like that when I get home from the 10K on Sunday because the long run went on Wednesday, which I'll talk about in a bit. And yeah, so I can't remember what your question now. <laughs> Was it yeah. something about... So ju ju just taking tomorrow and park run nice and easy, yeah. ready for Sunday. Yes, yeah, super, super easy. So Laura, Laura's doing a... Um, my wife, Laura's doing a... Uh, not really a workout, but she wants to do, she's got her own goals and targets. She wants to try and chase down tomorrow. So I'll, I'll run with her. And that's, 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 that's great for me because I get to run with Laura, I get to run with my wife, which is great. And the dog. And it's a nice kind of easy pace. And yeah, so that's the way it's going to be tomorrow. So looking forward to hopefully turning up to Saturday's, sorry, Sunday's race, feeling quite good because I did my long run on Wednesday, so I don't feel too, or was it yesterday? I can't remember. Uh, I, I don't feel too dummy, basically. I don't, I, I wanted to, I didn't want to do my long run tomorrow, if you know what I mean, because yeah, yeah, doing yeah. a hard 10k after a, a long run is probably not a very good y yeah, suggestion. No. no. Um, so I kind of, I'm tapering the best that I can. Did, did you not think instead of doing your long run Wednesday, did you not think that you could have gone and raced the 10K and then added on extra afterwards as your long run on the Sunday still, rather than changing it to Wednesday? 
Yeah, I mean, I could have just broken it all up, couldn't I? I could have done a 10K and then a 20K with a half marathon when I got home. But when I've raced, I never really know how I'm going to feel. A race, for me, can go one or two ways. And lately, they've been going the other way that I don't want them to go. And, Mm -hmm. for example, after my Warwick sort of mishap, I the thought of needing to do a half marathon after a, a run like that or a you know a decent run just fills me with dread so i'd much rather chop and change my plan it's just the way your brain works at the end of the day isn't it yeah i, 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 would, I would i'm just thinking that you've put your long run on wednesday and put all of that mileage in your legs to then get to sunday and you want to run well on Sunday in a 10K and you're going into it with tired legs rather than doing your normal on Wednesday, getting to Sunday and racing hard and then just adding mileage on afterwards. So you've yeah. still got that mileage for the week, but you're not going into the race with tired legs as much. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely a, a sounding like you're t- talking from plenty of experience there, but from in the way that my little brain's working is, I don't want to stubbornly miss out on a 30K run, which is what, nearly 19, 20 mile. I don't want to lose that from my marathon training block because this Borton on the Water 10K shouldn't be in my block. It shouldn't be there. And I never planned for it anyway. So whatever happens on Sunday happens. But I really, really wanted to concentrate. At the end of the day, I'm doing marathon training. So I was thinking that a broken up 30K is not as good as an all-in-one 30K. And I did it as a session on, I think I actually did it yesterday because I did intervals Wednesday and um, I, it went really well. The run I did was uh 10 K warmup or 11 K warmup, 10 K steady. Then the rest easy, which I could have broken up to do on Sunday. Admittedly, you know, I could have done my hard 10 K and then got home and then done the rest easy and maybe steady if my legs would have allowed, but I just really wanted to do that long run straight through. I think that's the difference. I didn't want to, yeah. su- I didn't, I didn't want to surrender my, my long run, I didn't want to break it up because I've been doing that a lot lately. Well, not a lot lately, but I've done that a few times. And I've got this massive maranoia thing that lives deep within, you know, my psyche rent free. And it's basically telling me you haven't done enough long runs and you've got, I haven't got enough experience at marathon or steady pace at time on feet, you know, without, stopping for have a cup of tea or stopping for so that's yeah. why it was important to me and um managed yeah. to get the run done and um i'm glad i did yeah well i i relate hard to that because i keep on telling people like they, they keep on seeing me limping after walking uh, after my runs i'm limping walking and they're going shouldn't you be taking it easy and in the back of my mind i've got hang on a minute i've got mileage to do i'm in marathon training i can't yeah. not run because i need to get those miles in my legs no matter what so I completely understand where you're coming from that. Yeah. You want to do those solid long runs without any breaks. Um, and at the end, at the end of the day, it's all an experiment <laughs> as well. I think marathon training, the way I do it, cause I, I'm basically, basically winging this. No, I'm not winging it, but it's <laughs> like I mentioned a few though? episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Of course we, we are. We're, we're all feeling our way through it. We're, we're not professionals. So we're trying no. to work out what works best for us. And yes, it takes a few goes to get it right. Um, I don't, well, I've never got it right. So I'm I'm still aiming for that place where I can do the marathon and think, yeah, I I 
got that right. I, I managed to get to the yeah. end and fulfill my plan. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to, I think it might take me 10 years. It might take me 50 marathons to finally run a good marathon. I don't know. Some people have, you know, a, a great marathon first time round and a dream marathon training block. But for me, it seems to be different every time. My body feels different every time. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm just kind of winging this, you know, and a hard 10K really shouldn't be in my plan, but it is. And I'm glad it is. And the reason that it all, what I always come back to is I'm paying to do this because it's fun, because I want exactly. to. Exactly. If anybody asks me why I'm doing a hard 10K in week seven of training, and I've got plenty more races, by the way, so I've got plenty more explaining myself to do, it's because I want to because I enjoy races. I enjoy racing them how I want to. And it's basically, without sounding too tantric, it's like exploring your own body. Do you know what I mean? Without sounding a bit weird. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of mm. like seeing what you're made of, isn't it? And seeing yeah. how you would push yourself on a Sunday where you otherwise wouldn't. Yeah. So I've chopped Chibi. and changed a few things to sort and to suit. And, I'm, and yeah, that's just the way yeah. I'm doing it. See, you, you you keep on saying, look, I shouldn't shouldn't be putting this into my marathon training block. I shouldn't be running a hard 10K. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. But but what was I going to go and do tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. I was going to go and run a really hard 12K through the mud yeah. as part of my marathon training. So people can say what you should and shouldn't do as much as they like, but... Yeah. If you want to do it and you think it's the right thing to do, go and do it. Don't, I did, don't let uh, people put you off. And th we touched on this <clears> last <throat> week, didn't we? That people <clears throat> will question, especially when you put your training out there for people to have an opinion on, people will question you and what you're doing. I remember before Amsterdam, which was 18 months ago now, the week before it, I went over to Metz to where my sister's from to in France and I did a 10K and I raced yeah. it, got a 10K <laughs> PB on the Sunday before Amsterdam. And a few, and somebody said to me, was a hard 10K on your training plan the week before uh, your marathon? <laughs> I said, no. And I can't remember, sort of sarcastically, you know, said something. And then, and I'm now, even 18 months on, I still am so glad I did that. Yeah. I'm so glad Good. I raced because then I went to Amsterdam feeling full of confidence. Yeah. I was uh, traveling Europe at the time and I've got the chance to do two races. So why would you turn that down? Like, and I got to Amsterdam and I was buzzing on the start line. Obviously I did a couple of runs in the meantime, but I felt amazing. And then not to mention the physiological, physiological benefits of running hard a week before your uh, your your marathon because that turnover that sort of that those levels of of VO two max that I probably wouldn't have gone near and then yeah. potentially would have felt quite rusty for because uh, maybe we can touch on this maybe when we're both tapering for our races but yeah. you and I have mentioned several times about tapering doesn't mean sitting at home playing PlayStation for three weeks, does it? Oh, definitely you, you not, can, no. You can, you can do intervals during your yeah, taper. You, you, you should can still do, put yeah. effort in. You should still yeah. have a level of effort in your taper. Your taper, 
yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go through this in a bit when we actually talk about the taper. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but that person, but that person in question, <laughs> basically had that old school mentality of, yeah. you shouldn't be doing this yeah. because but, that's not how I do it. But your answer to that should have been, yes, my coach put it in my plan. <laughs> and when and when he says, "Who's your coach?" you go, "Me. I'm Me. my coach." Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, the, yeah. If, if if you want to do it, but as we just said, yeah, you put you still can put effort into the taper as long as you're not putting too much in. Then yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. But um, something that just popped into my head. Uh, um, it's the Osaka Marathon this Sunday. Oh over yeah, in I remember, over in Japan. I remember Ben as running did that last year. Didn't yes, he, he did. Yeah. 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 Um, that was the one. That was the that was the one. Really quickly, where everyone was sat on the floor, weren't they? Before the gun went off. <laughs> so the start line adrenaline difference between a UK race or a European race and Japanese that was crazy. Sorry, yeah. go on. Um, but I've I've probably said before I listen to the Inside Running podcast quite a lot, which is an Australian yeah. podcast. It's a really good one, um, and um, they've done a special um, series recently in the run up to Osaka called Road to Osaka. And uh, it's been following three uh, marathon runners and their build-up to Osaka Marathon. And one of them um, had booked in uh, a marathon um, Sunday just gone. <laughs> and he still went and run it and won the marathon over in Australia. Oh, wow. Um, and he ran like a 2.20, I think he ran a 2.23, 2.24. Um, and like they were all basically going, what do you think you're doing? What, what, yeah. Why are you doing that the week before? Do you not realise how much? And he was like, yeah, but I did, I did push it for the first half, but then I eased off and ran nice and steady for the second half. So I'll be fine for the marathon. They were like, we're rooting for you, but can't wait to see you blow up. <laughs> yeah, well, fair play. I bet he's like, well, it's not my fault I won. You know, <laughs> just no, no, just no one overtook me. Well, he, he said he went out with someone else and his whole idea was to try and get them under a 220. And yeah. by about halfway, they dropped off the pace. So he just carried on at the same pace. And the people that were talking to him said, hang on. So your whole idea was to pace him. And because he dropped off the pace, you thought, oh, just drop him there. Just carry I'll on. Just, just carry on <laughs> the pace and drop him and win it. But, oh. yeah, I, I just thought that was really interesting. Imagine having the balls to go and run a full marathon the week before running Hard. your target marathon, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that uh, Are those athletes, like, <laughs> sponsored? Have they been given the Osaka Marathon as a freebie so, or anything? Well, yeah, so they're running it sponsored by Mizuno. So they've been given all Mizuno kit and the new so, Wave Rebellion Pro 2. I wonder what Mizuno are thinking of that. <clears throat> but this, this runner, know. this this runner probably doesn't give a, a toss to Z. He's probably thinking, yeah. oh, I'll do what I want to do. Yeah. And, but um, but I, don't, I don't think he's sponsored by Mizuno all the time. It was just part yeah. of this series of podcasts. And uh, yeah, they're run up to it. Yeah. So, Interesting. interesting yeah well i hope i hope well, i'll be interested to see how that goes but i know people do that you know just us mere mortals do that because i think a lot of people will run if they lucky enough to do it 
they'll run Boston and then London or whichever one comes first. I, I know someone who from Bromsgrove and Redditch um, Athletic Club, um, guy called Daryl, he ran Boston, uh, did a 240 summit and then went to London the next week and ran a 240, like high that's, 240s. That's mental, <laughs> isn't it? That's absolute craziness. But, yeah. but you know, fair play because yeah. YOLO, baby. I know that's like straight, <laughs> out, straight out of 2010, but, you know, you only live once. Do what you got to do. Yeah. And, um, I, I know someone else who run two marathons in two weeks. Yeah, man. If I could do it, <laughs> anybody can do it. And do you know what? I enjoyed the second one more because yeah. I, I I got to a point where I thought, wow, my body hasn't let me down. And I thought it would. I thought it was going to, if I'm honest, I thought I would have got to 10 miles. And this is going to be a personal worst today. This is going to be a, you know, we're going to struggle to come in under five hours today. But I kept going and I got to about, I actually did better than the week before. Uh, and I just, I just enjoyed it. And it comes back to that. Uh, it just comes back to that idea of just enjoying yourself and just like, yeah. I, I went, I went to York and Chester to literally run. I didn't go there to run at the best of my ability. I just, yeah, you, whether I did you or not, that's, it's, it's, that's, you know, doesn't matter, does it? I went there to run yeah. and that's exactly what I did. You weren't going out for a PB, were you? You were going out to have a good time. I was going out to see if I could do two and two, and I did. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. and, and you know, don't have any regrets in doing that at all. And I was even thinking of doing the Abingdon Marathon the week after to get the hat-trick. <laughs> but I'd, I'd, I, the day before, which was the Saturday, I'd got a pretty intensive day of work. And there was a reason I couldn't do it. I don't know if it was an actual reason, cast iron reason, or more like common sense kicked in. It was maybe a combination of the two. But one day, yeah. And do you know what really excites me as well? A multi-day event. I would love to try and do back-to-back -back either marathons or ultras yeah. or something like that. I'm not talking yeah. like Marathon de Sable, but like, I don't know, something something big. So that that's that's... Yeah. Something I would like to do one day. Yeah, ma marathon distance over a couple of days to like fill up to the ultra distance. No, no, marathon marathon a day. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, 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 so yeah. A, a marathon per day over a series of days to build yeah. up to the ultra mileage. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's what I would, uh, I would love to do. But um, who knows? Maybe this year I'll give it a try, and um, don't know. Your body well, can do more than you think it can. Well, especially yes. if you're yes, not it can. Bad if hit. you're not, if, yes, if you're not pushing yourself fully for that, because I don't think you'd be able to do those two marathons, or as you're saying, three marathons in three weeks, if you were pushing for a target time in each one. No, I think no, you've got to take them ease much easier because your body is going to break if you try and go for broke in every single one. Was it uh, Was it the notorious B.I.G. or Tupac or someone that said, mo money, mo problems? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a bit like mo speed, more problems, isn't it? It's yeah. like the fast, uh, and that's maybe doesn't make sense to a lot of people who are like, 
well, no, I'm not like a sub three hour marathon. I'm still injured. But I just find that a lot of athletes getting regular, it's getting injured as a part of the game. Yeah. And I wonder if the faster you get, the more likelihood there is to get injured. So I yes. wonder if, if I was, you know, crazily like you are a three hour marathoner, three marathons in three weeks, maybe not at sub three pace, but somewhere close to that. Cause I was running my marathons at over four hours. If I'm running closer to three, then although that's less time on feet, the body's being pushed a lot harder. So it yeah. might be less attainable to do those those multi-day things or those multi-event things over a short amount of time. Yeah. And you're a 330 marathoner, aren't you? Whoa! Well, you will be by the end of this year. Well, I'm training. If I'm honest, right, I'm, my marathon pace that I've been training at is 330 pace. And I want to do sub 342 because that was last year's target, which I didn't get. Yeah. So I will you know, have a chat with myself on race day on the Newport marathon day, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to go out. Will I go out at three thirty pace and potentially blow up? Well, of course I'll blow up because it's a marathon and it's me. Or do I go out at three forty five pace or slower and then try and work into it? I still don't know, but all I can tell you is my, I keep calling it gimp pace, <laughs> goal marathon pace. <laughs> my gimp pace is, uh, you know, it's that about eight ten or something like that. Um, just five minutes per K, which is a pretty much a yeah. three thirty finish. So I know that my body can run at that pace. So hopefully I can pull back. You know, so hopefully you know those eight twenty fives or those five tens per K, which is where I'll probably sit. Yeah. It feels easy. Feels doable. Yeah. Your 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 wording's very different to mine. You you always use goal marathon pace. I've noticed. Whereas mm. I, I use TMP, target marathon pace. I, I don't like the word goal. Um, really? For, for, for running purposes, I'm not a massive fan of the word goal because if you set in your head that you've got a goal and mm. you don't hit that goal, you'll feel really bad and it will, it, it will affect you because you haven't hit your goals. Yeah. Whereas if you've got a target... And you get close to that target, you'll still be happy because it's only a target; it's not a goal. Yeah, yeah. So it's I, a healthier way to think yeah, about so it. So I, I always use the word target. I use target marathon pace. That's that's what I'm aiming for, not what I definitely need to do. So yeah. if, if if I'm aiming for it and I hit it, brilliant. That I've hit my target. So you know but you're if I hit um, around it. I'm still hitting you know, near my target. So you know the run of your life, which was last year at Manchester when you'd ran 259.20 something. Yeah. Did you what was your target marathon pace that day? It must have been something like six. So a target marathon pace something. was exactly the same as what I'm going out for this year, and it was yeah. 640 a mile. So how is... many I was gonna say go on, which is what? So that's two that's two fifty-five pace. Yeah, okay. So how many of those miles out of 26 were you three seconds out? You know, how, how many of those, imagine if there was a bing and a tick across each one of those splits, uh -huh. how many of those miles did you hit that target marathon pace? So I hit 20 miles dead on target. Like a Poss metronome almost. Po po possibly just under target time. 
So, um, so was was that your strategy then? Get lock into a pace and just hold it for as long yeah. as you can. Yeah. No negative split, no positive split. No. Just I, I had in my head, I want to hit six forty a mile for every mile up until if if I'm still feeling good in that last mile, maybe pick it up in the last mile. But my strategy yeah. was six forty from the gun to the finish. So without like sounding like I'm putting you on the spot now, but like how come you decided that course of action rather than a uh, like a negative split, for example, or a, a, an easier start, you know, two mile and then going into the target marathon pace? It, does that yeah. just do? You, does your OCD just kick in and you just love your watch? Hitting a little that bit, number? yeah, yeah, a, a little bit, but also because I'd set that as my target pace. That's that was my target for every mile. Um, yeah. That that's that's what I wanted to. I knew that if I run a six forty on every mile, that would bring me in at two hours fifty five. Um, one thing, one thing I liked about Manchester last year was: did you, did you get given the wristband? No, with the, I didn't with get the one times of those. on it. Do you, yeah, do you no, know what? Do you know what I'm about to say about the time? The timings. I yeah. thought that was genius. So it was um, a little wristband, and you went to the uh information desk or something like that because they were giving them out for free and you can say what time you were you were hoping to achieve and let's just say it was three hours it would give you your 5k split your 10 mile split your you know 15k half marathon split where you should be if you were going to hold that target pace which i thought was a a really nice little touch because i know a lot of people like to literally write it on their arms don't they yeah i would have loved one of them because i was doing marathon maths throughout the whole race (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i can bet you were yeah. I, I was i was adding up six six minute 40s throughout the whole race thinking yeah. okay so six minute 40s 10 times six minute 40 where should i be so yeah and that must have made life different because difficult because didn't your watch not quite measure 26 mile either uh yeah so by about halfway my watch was way out so i was i started just using my watch as a stopwatch and yep. finding the mile markers. So when yep. I went across 20 mile, I was dead on time according to my time elapsed on my watch, but I was only at about 19 and a half mile. So when you watch. when you crossed the 23 mile then, did you say to yourself, right, okay, I've just got to do a 21 minute park run or whatever it was? Yeah. You know, a, tw- a 20. So what, what were you hitting 5K splits at? About 20 and a half minutes, something like that. 21 something like that no did you say 640 yeah 625 is a sub 25k isn't it yeah so 627s will get you in exactly on 20 minutes and a 5k so it's so you you would have been doing 5k splits of about 20 20 something like that 20 30 no no yeah about 20 minutes 40 seconds about oh about 24 yeah did you have that panic when you got because it was tight wasn't it you you literally got in with yeah. seconds to spare. Yeah. Did did you have that twenty three mile right just a park run to go? Yes. Or were you not even capable of thinking like that then? I, I did have that uh, just a park run to go, but my timings for that park run became very different when I hit twenty three miles because I was in a world of pain and yeah. in, in in a different place to where I was at the first five k or the ten k split. I was like, yes, I've got. 5k to go but if i can hit this time mileage then 
that's okay. Um, yeah. it, and it all became, can I run under three hours? Not can I run 255? Because I knew 255 was out the window. It just became yeah. that target of three hours. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was incredible achievement what you managed. And I, I watched your video, that Manchester video, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I, I, I thought someone was chopping some onions at some point. Yeah. When you cro- <laughs> your your realisation when you'd done it and you could see you running up to the line, you, you know, you were not even probably 100 yards away and you realised you'd done it. And all you had to do was not fall over or, you know, something like that. And you would yeah. have done it. And when you realise that, it was like, this makes me think that maybe not three hours on for me, but maybe it makes me think that I can go and run a good marathon. And yeah. I think that video that you did is probably the best one you've ever done. The, probably the best Thanks, video man. you've put out. Cause that's, Thanks, uh, and I'd recommend everyone to go and watch that video. Cause it's, it, it's a, it, it, it's, it's, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> and it, it, but there's no other way to to film a marathon than just literally have the film the chaos that's going on and that's what you're yeah. doing and, and and the the uh the bit that mate i was just thinking about when you were saying that is uh, i was like 100 yards away and all i needed to do was not fall over did you, like and i crossed the finish line and properly almost fall flat on my face as soon as I yeah. cross that finish line, it's it, obviously your body is in don't it, I can't work anymore, but your head's like, yeah. I just need to get to that finish line. And I crossed the finish line and I tripped over nothing. I tripped over <laughs> the floor and properly yeah. almost went down on my face, but I managed to stay up. But yeah, yeah. That, just, yeah. As soon as I crossed the finish line, my body just went, right, I'm done. See ya. <laughs> do, do you, do you remember, I think it's called Talbot road, isn't it? The finish line. Do you remember turning uh, left at, you know, what must've been 25 and a half mile at the top of that road? And you can see the finish yes. line arch. Do you remember thinking that looks about 20 miles away? <laughs> do you remember thinking like, that looks so far away. So yeah. do you remember what was going through your head when you made that left, that final left turn when you can see the finish line? Yeah, I turned to that corner, saw the finish line. The first thing I did was look at my watch and look at how long I'd got before yeah. I needed to get to that finish line. So how many minutes I had left under yeah. that three hours. And yeah, that's all I was thinking was can I get to those traffic lights? Because there's a, like a set of traffic lights halfway down before you get to the finish line. So I was like, can I get to those traffic lights in this amount of time? And then can I get to the finish? And as I was going down that road, amazing, amazing um, thing happened. Harry, uh, a lad called Harry, Harry Purewell, um, who I um, have ran like loads of races with, uh, it's from, uh, Kenilworth runners. Um, he passed me on that final stretch. And as he passed me, he, he was in a world of pain as well. You could, you could tell from the way he was running, but as he passed me, he went, come on, Brett, we've got this. You can do this. And that spurred me on so much and gave me that yeah. extra little boost that I needed to just kick into the next gear to get to that finish line. 
it was yeah. amazing how just a few little words from someone you know can give you that boost because yeah, yeah I, I I was as I say I was in a world of pain and just all of a sudden come on Brett we got this you can do this just made me go yes I, I can I can do this and get to that finish yeah I I because if you think back that that day was almost perfect weather-wise wasn't it oh yeah like perfect that was it might never be as good as that ever again because you know what april's like it could be glorious sunshine but we got on that marathon day we got like seven degrees uh, at one point i remember having my because you ran in a singlet as well didn't you a vest i remember yeah. feeling quite cold because uh, it started drizzling for me yeah, i was at about i was at about 10 miles so you probably would have been at like i don't know 15 i was about miles. halfway yeah, I was about halfway and I, when it started and raining. I remember, I remember feeling the drizzle, thinking, "Okay, that I wasn't, ex I wasn't prepared for this because this made me feel a bit." That was the first bit of negativity I felt on the day, and um, I, and when I think back, I think I put a bit too much pressure on on Manchester on myself, and I expected it to go a certain way, and I think a, a certain amount of that was. You know the whole YouTube thing and putting a making a project well, and making that, that, it working yeah. towards it, making that's it a goal thing. and not a target. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Put putting our lives out there into the public domain does put a little bit of pressure on the races that we do because when we say this is what we're aiming to do, yeah, something in the back of your head that goes, we got to try and do this now because you've told everybody you're gonna. So well, well, yeah, that's it. And I, I felt like at halfway, I've bitten off more than I can chew here. And um, I, the last time, apart from when we did our Worcester, you know, half marathon, when I ran, I think I overachieved that day. When I think about it, but when <laughs> I, well, I didn't overachieve because no one else ran it for me. Yes, you no. paced me, but yeah, no one else exactly. moved my legs for me, did they? That's but, exactly what I was going to say. So you didn't overachieve. So I, no, no, I, I ran to my capabilities and my potential, my full potential. Let's just say, but that day was probably the one and only day I've ever felt that I've really ran the red line. Do you know what I mean? That's the one day that I've really ran to my potential, and I mean. As well, I said, right, I want to run this time, and I did, by 15 seconds. But I don't know. I just felt something. The difference between Manchester and Worcester race was the Worcester race was a harder target to achieve than the Manchester one. I know the, marathon, the Manchester was over a marathon distance and the Worcester was over a half marathon distance, but arguably the effort required was harder for Worcester because mm -hmm. the pace was a lot hotter and so was the weather. It was yes. not yeah, cool yeah. that day either. It was about 17, nope. 18 degrees that day. But yeah, my point was that I, I don't know how I performed that well because I did a very similar thing. I put pressure on both races, but I think I put the target and the goal I had for Worcester was so outrageous. I just thought, right, it's uh, all or nothing today. We might as well go for it all. And with Manchester, because my target was somewhat conservative, I think that allowed me to maybe get complacent, maybe. But uh, and I, I, I don't know. I'm talking in circles here because you might take from that, oh, okay, well, I'll just choose an unrealistic target then. 
and I'll just get, but it's not how it works, is it? Everyone's different. And I was six months further down the line with Worcester. So I'd already learned a lot from that Manchester run. So, and, and a half marathon is a completely different race to a marathon as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are like, completely different. It's a different, uh, like, style of attack, isn't it? It's a different ethos. It's a different mantra. You can, well, I'm still learning. Everyone's still learning. But I, I, I think that, yeah, I may never top the potential I reached that day because I, uh, yeah, when I think when we had a chat last week about marathon times based on that time, I should be running 3.20. So is that uh-huh. my potential? Is yep. that what I should be running? But yes, if you've got strength in your legs. Yes, if you've got experience in your legs. Yes, if you can deal with cramp. Yes, if you can fuel correctly the night before, three days before. You understand hydration. So I feel like there's a lot more from marath- the marathon distance to mm-hmm. learn than there is from shorter distances. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's 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 a whole different ball game. It's yeah. That that's why you see such good pro runners who have been amazing at five and ten k, and then they step up to the half marathon and they do an amazing half marathon time. They run like sixty three, or maybe even quicker than that. And then they step up to the marathon, but just can't do it. And they they don't run their potential at all because it's completely different yeah. thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not the same. Like you could very easily. Um, I, <laughs> I say very easily. It's not easy at all, but you could go out and run a half marathon, which I have many of times without taking any nutrition at all. Mm. Um, and not taking on any like gels or uh, anything at all. Um, like Alton Towers half, I don't think I even took on any water. I don't think I stopped at any of the water stations and ran the whole half. Yeah. But that would be physically impossible in a marathon. You wouldn't be able to do that. So you, you've got to get yeah. your fueling strategy correct to be able to run a good marathon. There's no way of doing that. Yeah, without sorting that out. Whereas all the shorter distances, you can have a good race without having a uh, like a fueling strategy. Yeah, and that's as well without having not even a coach, but like an elite level coach that they can probably tell you what to take, when to take it. You mm-hmm. know, coach a coach who you hire for I don't know how much expensive. I don't. I've never hired a coach, so they're probably a couple of hundred quid, aren't they? It's not their job to hold your hand and you know. <laughs> wipe your bum like that you've got to make the decisions you're a grown grown ass man or woman you can you should know when you're to take fluid on and and gels they can give you their recommendations and things like that but at the end of the day i I, that comes back to what i said at the the start i think it might take me 10 marathons to uh to really run a good marathon Uh, and i think i i need marathon experience to to be able to run a, a marathon well. And I think a lot, I think a lot of people would probably say something similar because we can't always have that Kelvin Kipton dream debut marathon when you mm-hmm. run the third fastest time of all time. Because in all fairness, for most of us, that first marathon's the slowest. 
and we make horrible mistakes on that marathon. And that's 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 fine. That's absolutely fine of to make mistakes. Of course it is. That that's that's the whole way you learn to do anything. <clears throat> if at first yeah. you don't succeed, try try again. If you don't fail, you don't know what's wrong. Yeah. How 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 can you possibly make any changes if you don't make any mistakes? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I I make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> sometimes I don't learn, but it's the not learning that is the the thing that needs to make me learn. Because mm. if you continue to make the same mistake, eventually you should iron out those creases, really. But um, you know, running's a, a funny old sport, isn't it? Like for yeah. example, I've I've run marathons before where I know I should take some some uh, water on at a certain amount of time, or but I just don't, or I know I should take a gel now, but I don't because I don't want to break the rhythm of my my cadence, or oh, I'm in a really good, I'm I'm running some really nice splits here, and I don't want to put my hand in my pocket and open a gel packet and take it because that will waste too much energy, so I just won't take. I'll skip this gel. There's stupid yeah. things like that. I, I, I won't in the put moment... any more energy into my body because I might waste some. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I've had that thought many times. I thought, no, I don't know. I don't need this gel. I'll be fine. I'll show them all. I'll, sh I'll, I'll show them all. You only, you only yeah. need, uh, and, and need the one The problem with fueling and nutrition is the moment you need it, it's too late. Yeah. I, I, I heard, do you know a funny story about that? I ran the Brighton Marathon, my first ever one. And just at the halfway mark, I was running in front of the four-hour pacer. And the guy, someone asked him a question because it was a big sort of entourage with that, with, in that, as you can imagine, with that group. I remember hearing the guy say, when should I, or they were talking about nutrition, he said exactly what you've just said. If you need to take some fuel on, you need some water, game over. So yeah. try and avoid that like the plague if you can little and often or whatever your strategy is just try and keep the wall from the door because i remember him saying if you need a gel if you find yourself needing a gel it's game over and i was like yeah. i think i need a gel <laughs> oh no <laughs> and then he ran past me and then i ended up I did, uh, to be fair my first marathon i'm proud of i did 423 or 422 yeah. And um I was running with the four hour lot for a while, but then I remember just seeing them just just crack on. There's nothing I could do. Uh, do you, have you felt I don't know if you felt that when you've run a seen a pacing group run ahead of you or or someone you're running with, they'd start yeah. moving and you just you feel like your watch is wrong. You feel like, no, I am running, you know, six minute miles. I think you'll find. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You're really running nine minute miles. Yeah, you just, because the effort is getting more and more, but the pace is getting slower and slower. Yeah. And I, that's the, that's the when I remember feeling that for the first time at Brighton. I I remember the feeling of my first ever marathon uh, in London and uh, <laughs> being at about twenty five miles in, feeling the worst pain I've ever felt in my life, feeling like I just wanted to stop, and a rhinoceros running past me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the most demotivating thing in the world. Oh, you, you don't need that. A bloke in a massive rhinoceros, rhinoceros costume just run past me. What the hell is oh, going on? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, there's something else I wanted to mention um, that is kind of 
in line with what we're talking about, about training. Oh, quickly. I meant to ask you that this last week. You've got a new watch. Is this true? Ooh. Are the rumours to be believed? <laughs> yes. So I decided to buy myself an early birthday present. Um, and I took the plunge, which is a massive plunge for me because I have always been an Apple Watch user. Uh, yeah. I've had a couple of Apple Watches and I've always I use the... It, it's it's been one of my daily things that I use for a lot of stuff. Um, but I've always done all my running on an Apple Watch and I have taken the plunge and bought a Coros Pace 3. Nice. So the uh do you know what? It's it's great, it's really good. Yeah. Um I charged it up fully when I got it um last Friday. Um and it I've recorded all of my running since uh, Park Run last Saturday morning, and it's still on 35% of battery. So, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, that's it's insane. Quite crazy. Um, so, are you ever going to part ways with your Apple Watch? Well, this is the thing. So, I've, I tried over the first couple of days, and I just couldn't do it because there's a few things on my Apple watch that I use daily that aren't on the Coros watch. Yeah. So I'm going to really struggle to move away from things like that. So I drive quite an old car, so there is no Bluetooth. There is no, nothing like that. So my hands free when I'm in my car and driving is my Apple watch. So I take calls on my Apple watch and talk into it. And it's uh, like speaks out the watch. So I yeah. can use it as my hands free. Uh, and the other thing I use it for is when I'm up at my shop, because it's in the middle of the countryside, it's pitch black at night. So if yeah. I finish late at night, there's a torch function on the Apple Watch and it yeah. makes the screen really bright and you can use it as a torch for when you're locking up and things. So those two features just alone are things that I use pretty much daily. Um, yeah. So it's going to be really difficult to move away from using those. But as a running watch, I've now moved away from the Apple Watch. The thing, yeah, the thing that did it for me, um, I've been thinking about it for the last couple of years. But the thing that finally broke the camel's back is um, to be able to mark laps on an Apple Watch. You have to double tap the screen because it's a touchscreen watch. Yeah. Um, so when your hands are cold in the winter and your hands don't quite work, it's yeah. really difficult to double tap because your yeah. hands don't quite work quick enough to do a double tap. Yeah. Um, when it's raining, the touchscreen doesn't want to work properly because it's got wet all over it. So it's really difficult to double tap a screen to um, mark a lap on that. So I needed one with a button. And you can get an Apple Watch that has got a button for marking laps, but it's the Apple Watch Ultra, which is about 800 quid. And I didn't want to spend 800 quid on a watch. Yeah. So I had a look at what the watches are. And if it's good enough for the goat, it's good enough for me. Um, so Eliud Kipchoge uses a Pace 3. Mm. Um, so I decided to go for it. I bought my Apple Watch is red and they do a, 
pace three in red. So I was like, yes, I've, I've got the same colour. Um, and it's great. Um, having that button to do the lap function is a really good thing to have. And there's loads of extra metrics on there that, and you can change the screens and stuff. You can do that on the Apple Watch, but it, yeah, it's 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 great. As yeah. and, the, and the Chorus app that goes with it, there's lots of things on there which are good. Um, and it all sinks and goes to Strava in exactly the same way. So, yeah, yeah. I'm quite pleased. Oh, that's good. Well, I, I must confess I'm looking at the the middle tier one, which I think is called the Apex, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've got, I've got a 100K race in July. And I don't think, I don't think my Garmin is going to stay, you know, because I might have to have a GPS as well. And that's the reason I wouldn't get the pace because the pace, the pace three has got a map facility, but it's only a breadcrumb thing. Yes, it is. Yeah. So if I'm off course, which I'm going to be, and it says you should be, you know, 100 meters that way. And there's a cliff. I'll just fall off it probably knowing me because it wouldn't be marked on the map. It's just saying you need to get back on the breadcrumb trail. But I think the the next one up, which is still very re- reasonably priced, I think, it's about 500-ish, 5'6", mm-hmm. maybe, 550, which is the apex. And then the one, the, the the daddy is like the vertex, I think it's called. Yeah, I think it's the vertex, yeah. And that's about 900 or something. I don't quite know what that does. It's probably got about four years of battery life or something, hasn't it? But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think I might have to invest, and I think the chorus is. Yeah, I mean, I like my Garmin. Don't get me wrong; I've had some good times with my Garmin. I like the app. I like creating courses and workouts on it, but it's much of a muchness. You can do that on everything now. You can do you can do that on every single app, and um, like you say, if it's good enough for the goat, it should be good enough yeah. for all of us. Well, so, that's, that's uh, the thing. yeah, I, I couldn't believe the price of the pace as well. The fact that it is only two hundred and twenty quid full price that's that's, and, that's crazy isn't it and of, of course i've got a sports shoes discount code so uh, yeah i've got it a bit cheaper um yeah nice so un, un, under 200 pounds for a watch that does as much as it does and has got the battery life that it has it's yeah it's, you know, it was a no-brainer so yeah happy happy birthday brett and yeah there we go when is your when is your birthday i should ask i don't even know uh, it's on monday it's on monday yeah I didn't know it was on Monday. So that would be like the 27th. 26th. Mm-hmm. Put it on your calendars, everyone. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. exactly six months down the line. I'm 26th of September. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. I, kn- I knew it was around now. Yeah. I've, I've, I've actually, I've also bought myself another early birthday present, which is arriving tomorrow. Um, nice. Shoes? So yeah, yeah, I have bought myself another pair of Takumi's in. Yes. Ah, oh, of course. What'd you go for, the nines or the tens? I've, I've gone for the nines. Uh, I didn't want to pay 10 prices at the moment because they're like full price. So I went for the nines, but went yep. for went for the blue colorway to go along with nice. my uh, solar red ones I've already got. So, so you've already got the send nines? Yes, I've got, yeah. So I, I'll now have two pairs, but you can never have enough. And what, what will their function be in this new life? What will so, they... I reckon, I reckon my blue ones will now be my racers up to half marathon distance and my... And solo. including half marathon? Yes. Up to and, and including, yeah. 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 
and my solar red nines will turn into my training session shoe when i want a bit nice. of speed nice i haven't bought any new shoes since uh black friday and i'm getting withdrawal symptoms because yeah. I, I said to myself right with the rotation get yourself set up but the thing is in a, in a rotation like i'm doing in a, a training block like i'm doing i'm doing potentially a thousand kilometers which is like 600 mile in 16 weeks so you could probably quite easily go through quite a number of pairs of shoes but yeah. i i think i've got about five or six for you know horses for courses and stuff but maybe i maybe i do need to treat myself i'll yeah. treat myself for your birthday hey yes <laughs> I, I i still need to buy marathon day race shoes as well because i don't think although they've probably have got enough life left in them i want that new poppy feel to my race yep. day shoes so i don't want to use last year's marathon shoes for this year's yep. marathon because i think i've got nearly 300 mile in last year's marathon shoes after using them uh so although they've got plenty of life in them i'm still going to use them quite a lot i don't think i want to use them for marathon day so i've got to try and find a new pair of adios pro 3 somewhere at a reasonable price but the problem is all the ones that are discounted they haven't got in my size anywhere yeah so i might have to go for one of the full price colorways which is a bit annoying but well that that kind of reminds me of one thing that i haven't even written on my notes that i text you this on tuesday and said make sure we talk about this yes Sh but we'll have to talk about it next week now because it's it's like an, a 20 minute long segment it's it's almost yeah. as long as i've got on Anne Boleyn. So it's um, should you train in in carbons? They they just remember because that yeah, might be so, useful. So in, that, in that's course. that's next. Uh, yeah, that's next week's uh, next yeah. week's uh, so, topic. So the next I, thing I, I wanted to go on. I was I've got something in line after your, uh, what, your what, next go on. Topic. No, so I I was going to say what I thought we should talk about next, but go for yours. Well, quick, just quickly, I, I've been noticing lately that steady running really seems to suit me nicely, and I've never run steady so much so the, so much so that this time last year I thought I'd invented a pace and <laughs> called it bridge bridge pace because it was the bridging the gap between easy and marathon pace, and because the 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 gap in between those two paces that I use is i mean when i say marathon pace and you know easy pace of course easy pace running up everest is slightly you know it's going to be harder than easy but let's just imagine you're running on the flat easy pace for me is six minutes a k which is about nine minutes 30 something like that miles there's a big gap between that and my marathon pace which is you know eight minutes 10 five minutes a k which is about a minute and a half worth of gray area so i i thought why, what happens in that zone? And it turns out everyone does it or everyone should be doing it. And it's called running steady. And yeah. I've been, I've been running steady now for uh, quite a while, especially this training block. I've really been enjoying it. And I've actually been running steady more than I've probably been running easy. So I know that might be a little bit naughty, naughty, and some people might be uh, about to hit the unsubscribe button. Uh, but I think that when I'm running sort of steady, quote marks, it feels easy. So what's the point in running easy? 
Yeah. So that, I mean that 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 that's a, that's silly, or, of course, because I do love yeah. running easy. But I, I was going to say because if if that is the case, then all of your paces are too slow. Yeah, uh, that is maybe quite true. But I mean, I'm not looking at the heart rate data or anything like that to really yeah. nail down what's easy zone two, blah yeah. blah blah. But what I'm doing is, whereas last year in Manchester training, I would do, let's just take, for example, my long run that I did on Wednesday. I did 20, I did 30 kilometers or 28 or something like that, 26 maybe. And instead of, that's it, I did 26. So this time last year, I would have done the whole lot easy. Yeah. But this year, I've decided to not just do sole long runs easy. I will go no faster than marathon pace because I don't really want to, sort of go into that territory the faster stuff is for the shorter distances but i want to start implementing a lot of steady stuff so i did i did a big 10k block steady in the middle of my my long run yesterday and it seems to be just giving my just giving me a lift i don't know it just feels yeah. makes me feel differently it makes me feel good i actually enjoy just increasing the pace and then when you bring it back down to easy you know that you haven't quite run to target or goal marathon pace, but you're not sort of taking it super casually and super easy. So again, physiologically, yeah. I don't know exactly what running easy is doing to me, but it feels like it's working. Yeah. But that, that, that running steady is, is, is an important part of marathon training, I think, because easy, you're not quite, getting easy for me is for recovery yeah that that's where easy sits for me you do easy runs but therefore yeah. recovery when you're when you're running steady you are getting into that aerobic zone where yeah. it's it's comfortable or as i it's yeah uncomfortably uncomfortable so mm. it's not it's not hard it's not a really big effort it's just a nice pace where you know you are actually putting in some effort, but not enough yeah. to really fry yourself. Yeah, I so. should just quickly I should just quickly clarify that I was only joking. Like my, my steady pace doesn't <laughs> actually feel super easy. It does actually no. feel like I'm I am actually bringing some effort and energy into the into into running that pace. So it, it's not yeah. it's not easy. No, I, we, yeah, I know I know it was tongue in cheek. What I'm uh, trying to say is I'm not finding it difficult to do. Yeah, which, which is how it should be. That's how steady should be. So you should yeah. be able to run steady for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it, it, I think it's a definitely it, it, it's a good thing for marathon training, for sure. Um, yeah. And I think the more time you can spend at that pace and get a feel for knowing knowing that gap between that easy pace and that marathon pace knowing yeah. that zone in the middle is really important to know how it feels when you're just off marathon pace yeah. and what that effort actually feels like yeah because marathon pace should at the start of the marathon should feel easy marathon pace but mm. then it's not going to feel easy after about i don't know 10k it's it yeah. should start feeling like it's a good effort like so a grind, no, yeah. yeah so knowing that 
when you come off that marathon pace a bit and knowing what that feels like, it allows you to understand where you then need to push to to get back to marathon pace. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's a good assessment of of running steady, really, because and what I'm finding interesting as well is that when I run steady, I'm knocking on the door of my marathon PB pace. So it's not far, it's not much slower than my marathon PB pace. So in my head, I'm thinking, well, if this is feeling okay, then I can always fall back to that pace, having run hopefully a lot faster than it for three quarters of the race. And then hopefully yeah. I should arrive at a PB. So yeah, it's uh it's interesting to run steady, isn't it? I think you, uh, like you say, you, it, it doesn't feel, it's not really, I know it's technically that no man's land kind of, the numbers are in that no man's land, but the the the, uh, the effort doesn't feel that different mm. to neither easy or marathon pace. Either way, doesn't feel that much harder or easier. So yeah, that's why I've been really enjoying running steady. Cool. Right. I've just looked up at the time. Um, should we, <laughs> should we um, think about um, possibly, yeah, where where we start to wrap this up um, and leave those ones that we haven't looked at this week, uh, leave yeah, those topics that's... for next time. Yeah, because we can't just touch on a topic, can we? We no. just we can't just. No, it's good. We have to be thoroughly investigated. Well, you'll be glad to know that there is a BEOTPQ. There is a Brett's end of the podcast quiz at the end of the podcast. <laughs> I will I will quickly give you those, those questions. Now, this week, there is no connection. Oh, okay. Cool. The only connection is they're all about Henry VIII. Oh, amazing. The massive guy who was like... Did, did you know he was not only massively tall, but do you know he became like really overweight? Apparently, yeah. it's, beca it's because he got, uh, I think he got really bad gout in his feet. Yeah. So he couldn't walk. So he just carried on eating and was wheeled around in a chair. Apparently, he, um, apparently he was injured quite badly in a jousting match as well. Yeah. And his doctors attribute like his problems in later life to this infected wound that he got. I think that may be true as well. So he's an interesting character, this guy. Not a very affable fella. Um, but no. um, right. So I've got five questions for you. Let's see how you do. Uh, that that there's some multiple choice questions. Oh, okay. okay qu cool. Question question one. When? No, sorry, I'll rephrase because you probably won't know this. Do you know when Henry VIII became king? No. Okay. So Henry VIII <laughs> became king in 1509. But okay. how old was he? Oh. Well, if he had six wives whilst he was king, he must he must have been fairly young. So let's say, I don't know, 25. You're on. You're thinking on the right lines, but he was even younger. He was seventeen. Wow. Yeah. By the time question two, by the time he passed away, ha, how many palaces did he have? Was it A, twenty three, B, fifty, <laughs> or C, 
65. I was thinking maybe, I don't know, five, six. He had a lot. First option was 20 something. Yeah. Um, I'm going like to go chicken legs and palaces. I'm going to go in the middle. <laughs> 50 something. You would be correct. Excellent. Now name them. No, no. <laughs> Hampton uh, Court. That's one. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, who was Henry VIII's first wife? Oh, come on. I should know this from listening to the musical loads. Um, um, was it Jane Seymour? She was number three. The answer oh, is okay. Catherine of Aragon. Of Aragon, yes. Yeah. It was, yeah. She's a Spanish. She's Spanish. Yeah. So the next question, who was his last wife? Was it either Catherine Parr, Catherine Howard, or Anne of Cleves? It was Catherine Parr. Correct. Do you know the she, divorce? She was the one that survived. Yeah, divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, yeah. survived. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, how many children did Henry VIII have legitimately? Ooh. He had one out of wedlock. Yes, and he had one legitimately. Oh, more. He had more. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, two? <laughs> he had three. Oh, okay. I thought he only had one legitimately. So wow. he had, I, I might have to double check this. He had um, Mary, as in Mary, Queen of Scots, I think. Queen Mary. Queen Elizabeth, as in OG Queen Elizabeth. And Edward. Yeah, and okay. I think he was Edward the Seventh. I think Edward the Seventh. Mm -hmm. But he also had an illegitimate child, which is where I am in the Tudors at the moment, with a one of his courtiers, a lady who uh, he took a, a fancy to, and they had a child called Henry. Funny enough, but he died age like I think he was about three or four years mm. old or something. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there uh, you go. So a little, little bit of Henry the Eighth knowledge. A little quiz question for you. So, oh, uh, bring it on! What what religion did Henry VIII um, start? The Church of England, because he, he wanted divorce. <laughs> yeah, Catherine of Catherine of Aragon, I and think he couldn't. It's crazy, yeah. yeah. The church, the church went. Sorry, no, you're married. You can't. You can't marry someone else. You can't just can't get, get rid of your wife and go with someone else. He went. All right. I'll start my own religion. Yeah, I'll make my own rules, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, d I don't want her anymore. I want her, so I'll make yeah. a whole new religion just so I can get rid of her and get on with that one. Crazy. It's, it's absolutely fascinating, honestly, this period of history. And I, I like I was saying at the start, I, I get a bit obsessed with with things. And I, I've, I'm, I'm like, I just want to know everything about Henry VIII at the moment. So this time next week, I'll, I'll do it in the full... Uh, uh, you know, Elizabethan, <laughs> whatever he is, uh, Tudor regalia. So I'll be like, uh, I'm looking forward to that massive reincarnation. Yeah, huge because you've just been eating like massive uh, feasts every day. I'll have a KFC bucket, and, and you'll have 
and you'll have a jousting injury. <laughs> and six women in the back. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's Brilliant. what we're going to do. Amazing. Right, dude, I think we should leave it there. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure once again. Thank you so much to every single one of you who are still listening. Thank you to everyone who's listened to any of this. But if you're still listening, we really, really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much indeed. And uh, as I don't think we've fallen out, have we? So we might actually... There's still time. Yeah, well, yeah. We might actually get past that uh, number seven uh, podcast, which seems to be the death of quite a few. Um, and we will see you for episode eight next week. So thank you very much, you... guys. I'll let you know how I got on for my 10K. Ah, yes. Best of luck for that on Sunday. Um, yeah, let's uh, run like the wind. Yeah, hopefully I can bring uh, bring bring home the bacon and give you uh, some good news of the PB. Yes, looking forward to that. Yeah, race recap next week. So look forward to that, guys. And yeah, we'll see you later. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers.